All right, welcome to this week's edition of Endy Brothers. You mean this month's? Well, whatever. <laughs> yeah, um, things uh, have been slow because we had some medical emergencies to attend to. Um, Life happens. Um, but we're here now, and we'll try to just keep trucking along. Yeah, definitely. So here we are. We're back. We're going to get back on the horse. Keep going. We're going to try and, and get back on schedule. I know we said that last time, but <laughs> shoot, <laughs> here we are. We're back. So unfortunately, the way that this uh, that the Air Podcast Network works sometimes is when one of us goes down, we sort of all tend to go down with it. So um, yeah, gonna... especially if that person's you, if you, since you're the one involved in all, most of them. Well, yeah, most of it was Kane. He was kind of the main. I mean, he had the, his whole medical thing, which stopped Duel of Taints going, and and uh, I was sick too, but not as bad as he was. And not that Kane really affects Andy Brothers, but that's what I was gonna say. I was like, I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't know, you know. <laughs> <laughs> if he goes down, like, doesn't affect, or like, if I go down, it doesn't affect you guys, you know, type thing. Right. I, mean, I guess yeah, you were minor, minorly sick, and things going on, and you know, we still have to do this over. Uh, you know, over the internet here recording as opposed to how it was originally yeah. kind of first seen doing it over lunch breaks, which was perfect, but Yeah, I know that gotta, really was perfect. Drive. But uh yeah, hopefully this works out okay. There was a few it, it is kinda weird to do and I know last time a few people pointed out the the quality of recording when we recorded with Tim. Um yeah. but, you know, that wasn't that was a little beyond our control. Yeah, I listened to it. It was it was just flat. It was wasn't too bad. Oh yeah, it wasn't bad at all. I mean, you know, for people who are really hungry for podcasts, like yeah. I know that the quality doesn't tend to dissuade a lot of listeners, and and some people always try and tell me, um, but uh, <laughs> what were we talking about? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Um, us being gone, I guess. Oh, video, sound quality, audio. Quality. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know. When I when I go to listen to things, I, I I'm very rarely dissuaded by the audio quality. As long as it's quality content, which I know that we lack over here at uh, AirPodcast.com. Yeah, we're the, over uh, two. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. But we're doing it. So, how was uh how was your time your life since the last recording, Jason? Uh, pretty good, man. What? When was the last recording? I mean, I I graduated, so I've got my bachelor's degree oh, now. Oh shoot! Look at this guy. He's getting paid the big bucks over here at airpodcast.com. Yeah, unfortunately, it didn't affect my pay any because I was already doing the job that I was <laughs> getting my degree for. But right, but whatever, it's there. And uh, as soon as I get my actual degree and whatnot, I'll try to keep going on. Yeah. Um. Have, so yeah, it's nice to have my knights back. I've uh, been playing Dota again, so that's your awesome. knights. Like. Yeah, my knights, you know, like, uh, like I was playing chess a lot, and I just never had my knights. They were just <laughs> gone. I was like, uh, why is this happening? I had, like, three bishops. I don't know what was going on. Anyway. Oh, I thought you were a lord. You had land. Oh, I do, but, you know, no knights either there. I'm just... Oh, shoot. And guys, I get raided all the time. It's ridiculous. That's really unfortunate. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've got I've got spells, you know. Shoot, i got a wizard's tower, so... What, you do? But yeah. Shit, where'd you get that at? Uh, you know, built it out of obsidian. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Who needs knights, right? I just make my own knight. Pretty out much. Of darkness. 
<laughs> oh god. We're ridiculous. So, you're an educated man now. You got your knights back. And hopefully hopefully you get some bishops and some rooks back too, but it's a conversation for another time. Um see about those. I noticed that uh you're you're back on the Dota train a little bit. Yeah, I just finished a game before you got home. Mm. Oh. Two more matches for my uh for my so, solo MMR, so let's go. I imagine yours is gonna be a little higher than mine. My uh my solo MMR and my party MMR started in the same place and then went down. But my party MMR, Jesus, it's never coming up. I just gotta quit playing with you, Yahoos. Yeah, I don't know. We've got bad luck together. I don't know what it is. So I just played a solo one and I had to play Vengeful Spirit again because I like my people are picking and they're like, oh, Life Stealer, Dro, Bloodseeker. I'm like, really, guys, really? Yeah, <laughs> I, I I I went really. Like, when the ranked thing first started, I noticed a lot of people went ultra tryhard heroes. Like, a lot of Death Prophet, lots of Crystal Maidens, lots of Shadow Shamans, and lots of Razors, and just, like, you know, the picks that you look at when you look at the International Four, like, there were so many of those picks. I mean, it was ridiculous. Although, not a lot of Brewmaster, but now that TI4 is over, fuck, I hate Brewmaster so much. Well, here's here's my enemy team. Uh, I mean, it just goes to show, like, don't be dumb and pick all, you know, carry-ish. We got Viper, Death Prophet, Nature's Prophet, Bat Rider, and Juggernaut. Oh, I mean, God. who's buying wards there? No one. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That's rough. They stomped him. I had the most experience as Venge. Nice. Um, Best KDA, too. Rub it in. <laughs> um also you've been watching some season two of arrow i if i recall yeah i'm almost finished with that three more episodes and i'll be done so that'll be awesome it's been been pretty good yeah how, say anything specific uh how do you rank season two versus season one so far um season two versus season one it's that's tough to say. I mean, I haven't finished it yet, so that's tying in because I'm, you know, I'm thinking of the last couple episodes of season <laughs> one, which were amazing. Um, but yeah, overall, I think most of the episodes of season two have been better than season one episodes. Yeah, I think it started pretty like a lot stronger. Um, I think there were some weak episodes in two, and I really missed the overall tone of season one, just like the dark. Yeah. Um, you know. And I feel like there's too many players now. Like, too many good people players. Like, I liked when it was, he was kind of more alone. But now there's uh, definitely, like, a whole crew going on, which is cool. Definitely cool. But well, at I some do... point, he, like, he's tag-teaming with some other people. And it's like, I liked when he was just kind of going solo on some of these things. Yeah, I liked the solo thing a little bit more. And I do like his crew that he has himself. Like, you know, I do like that it does genuinely feel like a team effort as well, rather than, like, the Oliver Queen show. Mm-hmm. Um... I think overall I liked the island more in season one. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, the island in season one was way cool. But that's not to say it's bad in season two. I just think I liked it more in season one. Um, overall, though, the quality of the show I feel like just skyrocketed in season two. Just like, uh, just like the choreography and the action and like, you you've already seen this episode, but there's one episode in particular where, um. 
Oliver goes to a um, to a like an abandoned like what was it like a I don't know I I always want to say like cannery but I know that wasn't it but they go to the cannery you know and he finds that the the guy who who attacked him in his house there and there was like two different fight scenes going on at the same time there was one fight scene going down on the bottom level and then in the same shot you're getting another choreographed fight on the in the catwalk and i was like that was so badass i know what you're talking about that was pretty awesome yeah Yeah. he was like he was like oh i didn't uh, come alone he's like i didn't either (laughs) yeah oh yeah yeah, i love that that was one of my favorite scenes um looking forward to to finishing the season Hopefully, it'll just, it'll just take one night to watch the last three. Oh, so. yeah. Yeah, and and I think you will be pleasantly surprised by the finale. I mean, it was it was really great. And if you take it for what it is, which is a network television uh, comic book yeah. uh, show, I think you'll be really happy. I mean, honestly, like it's some of the, it was some of the best choreography and cinematography I've seen, like, on TV. Um. You know, it was hard to be, it's, it's kind of hard for me to be impressed now with like other shows, um, action sequences after really getting into Arrow. Like I used to love Supernatural, but it just has nothing on, <laughs> on the action. It's all right. It's good to raise the bar. Yeah. I mean, I definitely still love Supernatural. Like the storytelling is really great and the drama is great and the premise is great. But, like, the fights are almost always the same for nine seasons. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Nine seasons. It's crazy when shows go on that long and you're just like, have I been watching it this whole time? That's a lot of time devoted to something. Yeah. I went through and watched all the way up the, at the time. They had just wrapped up season seven. And I got caught up just in time to start watching season eight on TV, which is how I found out about Arrow because Arrow was on TV right before Supernatural. Oh, right. And then someone was like, "Yeah, it's this show called Arrow. It's like the Green Arrow show." And I was like, "I'll give it a shot." <laughs> and I just kind of watched it the first few weeks on on TV because I was you watching were there Super- ready, yeah, yeah, waiting for Supernatural, yeah. And it kind of gave uh, me and Cody something to do because you know when we were living in the apartment, we didn't really have much that we did together. Um, I mean, the endless sex, of course, but... Well, yeah. But that gets exhausting. Sometimes you just want a little bit of respite from that, you yeah. know? Yeah, exactly. Or respite? Respite? It goes both ways. I've looked it up because, uh, just like you do, um, because uh, me and Lex were talking about it one time, and I was saying respite, or no, uh, I think, she, I don't remember now anymore, but she was one way, I was the other, and I looked it up, and it's like, oh, looks like it's pretty back and forth. Data so. and data. Root much, and route. Yeah. Potato, potato. Mm, no. Oh. I, know, I don't know anyone who says potato. Really? You don't want a hot potato? <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because I've been hearing a lot of people um, getting words wrong lately. And it's like, um, you know, Vince has, I think, the most famous one that I've <laughs> been thinking of lately when he walked in on, on Lee. Um, Lee Para, who is... Um, a guest host on on one of the episodes of Duel of Taints, by the way, listener, if you are interested. Um, I did. I listened to that one already. Don't worry. But <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> uh, but Vince came in and was, Lee was reading a Reddit article, and Vince was like, "What the fuck is an organgatorn?" <laughs> 
and it was orangutan. <laughs> oh, yeah, but I've heard a lot of ones lately. Like I, I heard him get, uh, well, and maybe he was joking when he said this, but I heard him say patio instead of patio, <laughs> which that's a pretty funny one. And then my um, one of my buddies was telling me about how his wife um, picked up a book about lamps, right? And she looked at it for a while and was just like, "Honey, what's an anti-cue?" <laughs> 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 Well, yeah, I mean, some of those words that are kind of weird. I, I fall victim to some of those less common weird spelling ones because of just how much more I read compared to other things. And so you never really hear the pronunciation. So I'm like reading it, you know, I'll maybe read the word a thousand times. And then when I come across it, uh, you know, you just don't even think about it. You've like had to figure it out yourself. And then finally yeah. you come across it and you're like, oh, this whole time I've been wrong. Yeah, like I went through like two years of epitome. Mm. I always thought it was codified instead of codified. Is it codified? Yeah. Oh, I always said codified. Yeah, it's codified. Hmm. I don't think I'll ever use that one. <laughs> um. But then the, I I I kind of always get a kick uh, out of I I've I've always kind of done this in high school, since high school I should say, I always kind of get a kick out of finding alternative ways that are obviously wrong to say words like yeah. i think one of the ones i used to use a lot was uh philosophical yeah. philosophical <laughs> um you know bailey was a phlebotomist for a while and i used to always say like yeah she's she's a phlebotomist <laughs> nice yeah and just and people man you can kind of do it as like a troll and people just go nuts they're like that's not how you say it or just like changing where you put the inflection well, that's exactly what I'm doing, like basically. Good, like, yeah. philosophical or philosophical. Right. That's true, yeah. Like, yeah, you basically just change the inflection and, and where the accent is, and um, and you'll drive people fucking insane. Take my word for it. <laughs> uh, something I always do when I'm talking is, like, I'm going to say a sentence and as I'm like leading up or something, I'm kind of like picking the words sort of sometimes and I'll have like two synonyms basically. Like, <laughs> okay. These both work. I need to choose one and then I'll just combine them like, like a good and rad or something. And I'll end up saying gad, or something <laughs> like that, you know? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, uh, whoops. <laughs> I do that all the time though. Yeah. That kind of, I kind of get torn between synonyms sometimes too, but not to that level. I guess the only option left to you is ritual suicide. Sure. Sure. You first. <laughs> nope. Right behind you. Right behind you. <laughs> but yeah. Shoot. What else you been up to? Uh, reading. Been reading a lot. I'm 100, uh -oh. 100 pages away from finish, finishing the Thrawn trilogy for Star but Wars. But you still haven't finished the latest Dresden Files book. Yeah, I haven't started it yet. I might start it after this, get through it and do it, but I'm just un I'm feeling so into the Force right now. Yeah, well, you only got a few good books, and the Thrawn trilogy is one of them. I wouldn't say that, and that's true. I have read the Darth Bane already, and that's another good one. Yeah, Darth Bane, uh, X Thrawn. Uh, Rogue Squadron will be good. Han trilogy I've actually good. been really looking forward to reading the X-Wing Squadron, or the Rogue Squadron. Rogue Squadron. 
Yeah, I know. That's going to be good. I was just looking at the timeline today to kind of see where I want to go next. I might go read some of the... Uh... Read the Han Solo trilogy. I Well, I'm tempted to go back to some Old Republic, but I might keep up with some of the The Jedi Academy trilogy, although probably not the best written, are three of my favorite books. Like, you get... Yeah, no, I really want to read those. You get, like, some really great space battles. You get awesome Jedi action. Like, and all three... Like, like I feel like... Luke and Han and Leia are all kind of featured prominently, you know, like they're kind of like the three main characters. Although there's some more main characters that are just like completely badass. Yeah. Well, just like in Thrawn trilogy. Yeah. Yeah. I might keep going with the kind of current storyline because I do like, but those books don't mean anything anymore. So you may as well not read them. I don't give a fuck. There's 200 some books. I'll take, if I have to choose between, one or the other, I will take all the books instead of all the movies, if that's the way it has to be. Right? God, I know, dude. The books are so good. Yeah, well, I mean, and there's books of the movies, too, so fuck it. I mean, yeah. it's not like I'd have to give up the movie content or anything. No. Me and uh, me and Kane talked about the new movie pretty extensively. I've, I've sort of had a change of heart lately about Episode 7. Um, and in case no one listens to Duel of Taints, I basically... It stemmed from me, one of the podcasts I listened to, Smodcast with Kevin Smith. He was invited by J.J. Abrams onto the set of Star Wars Episode Seven. Shit, that's awesome. And he got to step foot onto the Millennium Falcon. Oh, God. And he started crying. And everyone was like, uh-oh, <laughs> this is weird. And he was just, like, so blown away and mesmerized by what he saw there. And he just feel, felt like, from what he saw, like, J.J. Abrams is capturing the spirit of yes of the original star wars and he said he said the stuff that he saw was on such a high caliber was of such a high caliber that he would say it felt more like a like a sequel to like empire strikes back you know like that oh, good man. yeah it's going to be good i mean it's it's got to be better than the first uh you know, one, two, and three. It's got to be better than those because obviously they're like, George Lucas we messed up, we see that. It. And George Lucas isn't doing it. And they are going to learn from their mistakes there. Well, you look at the two um, best Star Wars movies, which are Empire and, and Return. Yeah. And okay. they weren't they weren't directed by George Lucas. Right. I don't even think they were written by George Lucas. Like they were maybe co-written. I don't know. But shows how big of a fan I am. I just don't really, <laughs> I don't really care for the George Lucas touch, you know? Um, I mean, kudos to him to imagining this whole thing up. For sure, yeah. Hats off there. Uh, but yeah, whatever, whatever gets it to be on the screen and be written in a and and developed in a great way. I mean, however they get that done. Yep. Yep. I'm, I'm looking forward for it. to it. It's. I had a change of heart. I had a change of heart. You know, if it's good enough for Kevin Smith, good enough for me. <laughs> but whew. um god how did we get onto this topic oh you've been uh, reading a lot yeah reading, yeah reading books yeah yeah you need to read you need to read dresden files you yeah. know you know we sort of uh talked about this earlier not in the podcast but in person oh, yeah, but uh every once in a while i uh you know, I got the audiobooks set up, and I'll I'll turn them on, and I'll listen to them, and I'll remember how good they were. 
Uh, wheel of Time. Wheel of Time. It's a good series. I mean, shoot, I've read it one and a half times all the <laughs> way through. More than one and a half. I don't remember which ones I haven't read twice. Probably just like the latest three or four. So I've read all of them twice except for like the last three or something. And even still, like I still want to almost go back through them all again. They were good. Yeah, I'm remembering like how good they were. Um, there was like one bad one I feel like so far. I'm not. I haven't finished yet, reader. I'm sorry, but uh, I think Crown of Swords. Daggers. No, Crown of Swords was not as good. Like I just remember, like even like Lord of Chaos. Which was a lot of yeah. Lord of Chaos was really good. That's book number six. Yeah. Um, and there was so much nothing happening, but it was just so captivating. Like it was like a Game of Thrones book. Um. That, yeah, that was a good one. That was when he was in Camelin, right? And he had to, or what's his name was in Camelin. Uh... Rand. Uh no the. What was that guy's name? Raven? Uh, Raven. Like the guy that was impo- imposing, uh, impostering. <laughs> uh, he was like with more gaze. Uh, oh, the, the white cloak? No, not, no, no, no. The Morgaze? Forsaken. The Forsaken that was there. Uh, with Morgaze? Oh, Morgaze. Uh, the queen. The first... yeah. What? The queen? The Queen of Camelin? Oh, Jesus. Oh, <laughs> Camelin. I was thinking... Um, Tear? No, or, what's uh, the other one that starts with a C? Oh. The place uh, that he, like, portal walks to all the time in that book. Yeah, he's in Camelin. <laughs> he, Rand starts in Camelin, and then he goes to... Um, Fuck my life. I'm. It sucks because... I haven't read them in such a long time, so yeah, I don't know. It sucks because I'm really good at names and remembering things, but the fantasy naming that takes place... Right? The, when they start doing too many fantasy names, I'm just like, oh, I'm lost. You know like, that's what, you know what's that's amazing what about, about Game of Thrones is, okay, there's like 3,000 named characters in all of the books in Game of Thrones so far, but it's so fucking easy to remember everything because not only does and everyone what? in Game of Thrones... Oh, I have a hard time with people's names. But it's so easy. Well, in the books, it's easy because every motherfucker has a nickname that's like, oh, this is Eddard Stark. But you can call him Ned. Oh, yeah, yeah. But then, every, oh, but then everyone else Karhenan. has... Yeah, Karhenan. Karhenan. Karhenan, yeah. That's, yeah. that's the one where they do the uh, game, of, houses. game of houses or whatever, yeah. Um. Yeah, he goes to Karhenan and... Uh, Kar- Karhen, you dipshit. Learn to fucking read. Sorry, I don't know what the fuck. Carrion. That's how you say it. Carrion. Right? Oh. I don't remember. Did you listen to the audiobooks? Um, I did. I did listen to some of the audiobooks. Yeah. Carrion. 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 Because that's how they say it when they're like, the Carrion man. Oh, uh, okay. I don't know. Fuck. <laughs> but they're so good. Um But that that one did focus a lot on the Forsaken, like the two ones in particular, more gays and uh who is that other one? 
I know, I'm looking it up. I'm like on a stupid thing right now trying to find out who who was there. Yeah, with more gays trickhand. Why can't I fucking remember his name? But that was also the start of like the Ashaman with Mazram Tame and yep. Oh god, so good. Parent had some bullshit, but whatever. Yeah, the that's my biggest complaint of the whole series is there's like some bullshit with Perrin that lasts like three or four books, and it's just like uh, drags on forever for me. <laughs> yeah, you want to talk about badass with Perrin? Let's look at. Yeah. What book was, was it? Shadow books. Rising, or which book did that happen in? Was that the I Great don't Hunt? book but or... yeah when he like defends from the trollocks like that oh fuck <laughs> he he gets kind of near that level of epicness again after he sits around for four books <laughs> <laughs> i don't think you're there yet um matt's always doing cool shit so that's cool yeah pretty much like rand was my favorite character for like the first half of the series and then matt was my favorite character for the last half of the series you know what we started talking about this but clearly we just didn't we're not brushed up enough to talk about this but you know um it's funny because you know when when i started reading fantasy it felt like there were two series that had to be read right yeah and that's exactly what it was when i started (laughs) um there were there was sort of truth and there was wheel of time right yeah yeah tristan my cousin our cousin whatever got a got me sort of truth like right after it had come out before book two was even out he got me that for it was called Christmas. wizard's first rule back then yeah yeah he got me wizard's first rule and i was like oh this looks awesome and i ended up getting him uh after he got me that i was like oh so i got him the eye of the world for the wheel of time first book and so i was like okay you got me the first one of this i'm gonna get you the first one of that and we'll go you know so um of course i just took off on ate everything up of all the sort of true stuff it was so good and i didn't even get into wheel of time until until you had done like book three or two or something and and i think there was like seven or eight out at the time so it took me quite a while to get into those into uh what wheel of time into the wheel of time but yeah like i don't know why i didn't why it took me so much longer to get into those because i got it for tristan yeah i remember you then... started reading them after me yeah because i had read all of the sort of truth books Right, yeah, and I had two. And I, in at that time, when I started reading that, like, Naked Empire was the latest book. And I got completely caught up, and I was like, well, shit, what do I read now? Um, so I bought Wheel, uh, I bought Eye of the World, and was fucking captured from. Well, the first 60 pages were fucking pretty boring, but I just kind of worked through it because I thought I needed to read it. I don't think they were too boring, but it's they definitely sucked. the typical... Literally... Typical, here's a farm boy... You know when the book gets started? Fuck the first... Like, seriously, you could almost fucking throw away the first 100 pages. The <clears throat> book doesn't start until Rand is at his fucking house with his dad, and they become under attack, and he has to flee the farm in the middle of the night. That's not 100 pages in. That's like page 80 motherfucking 5. No. Mm-hmm. Is it? Because that's pretty much where I consider the book starting. <laughs> yeah, it's like page, at least page 60. It's like Name of the Wind in that sense. Maybe. I don't know. Name of the Wind was rough to get started. 
I remember getting through those first 46 pages or whatever. Um, but from there, it was all just really captivating. Yeah. You know, the one, my one problem with the first book is that it felt like the char- the main characters um, for like the first, well, no, the whole way through, we're just reacting to things happening to them. Like, what gets cool later on is when they realize that they're kind of all badasses, and they start doing more than reacting. They start they start uh, being very proactive in the things that are going on. You know, Rand builds an army, and he does all this stuff, and he becomes the fucking Dragon Reborn. But, like, that first book, it reminds me so much of Lord of the Rings in the sense that it's like... Uh, well, they're kids. I mean, well, they're being yeah, and... but you know, it wasn't that. I mean, it was great to read, I guess, but it just wasn't. I felt like it wasn't that compelling. Like I kept reading just because I wanted to know what happened, not necessarily because the characters were interesting. Um, like I was a lot more interested in Lan and um, Moiraine. Moraine, 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 yeah. And uh, then the main character was Rand and Matt and Perrin. And I just re- remember because it's like, it, it stinks so highly of, like, think about Fellowship of the Ring um, when Frodo and Sam meet up with Merry and Pippin and then they have the flight, uh, you know, to Buckleberry Ferry to get to... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, no, that part was exactly, yeah. That's what the whole book felt like, though. Like, even... Uh, not for me. Even, and then fucking... Matt becomes sick with it from the dagger thing, and Rand is having right. to like babysit him. And I was like, "Really? Like this is just like when Frodo gets stabbed by the <laughs> fucking thing, you know?" And I'm not I'm not saying that comparisons between the two are bad because Robert Jordan definitely was inspired by Tolkien, and you know it's fucking high fantasy, so that's gonna happen. But I just like everything that Rand did, he was just reacting to the world as it was happening to him. Like, he was almost a victim, like, the whole time, and it was just so boring. Well, and consider that uh, that we didn't know at the time, but they were, you know, Tavern or whatever, Tavern. Yeah. And uh, they're supposed to be kind of pulled by the wheel. I mean, they could kind of shape it a little bit, but uh, the wheel pulls them where it wants them to go to. Hmm. Yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not faulting the characters for this. I'm just saying it's not interesting. And that was my <laughs> only problem. You know, it's like... Think about, think about like if you watched like Indiana Jones or something, and he didn't like everything he did. Well, Indiana Jones is pretty reactionary, and but he. I mean, I I can pretty much look at any movie, and if I see that there are a bunch of um, kind of more powerful and. Like this happens in movies all the time, and I get annoyed at it. But there's like you know all these powerful figures. That have been doing things and are um, they're already you know, have on the a move. lot of strength and they're doing a lot of stuff and they're the ones kind of in control stuff and then some kid comes along and is like, hey, yeah. I'm doing all this. I do like, hate the badass. farm boy trope a lot. So I'm glad that they didn't just all of a sudden were like, no, uh, no, no, hey, no, no, let no. me protect you and let me do this. I'm and... not saying I'm not saying that they needed to be ultra mega badasses, but what oh, I'm yeah. saying is like, turn their competency level up just a little bit so that everything they're doing isn't them like blundering through the dark. Like my memory of that book is of Rand and Matt blundering their way through the dark and sleeping in bushes every night, you know? Yeah. That, that happened quite a ways down, but, and not for even too long, you know, but like, it was kind of cool for a while, 
like when Matt and Rand were with Tom and like they yeah, learned Tom's how to do they they learned how to play music, they learned how to juggle and do stuff like that, that was, was cool. cool. Yeah, they both kind of learned something different. Yeah, one was good at one part and one was good at another and then they used that later when Tom was gone. Yeah. After he freaking took a bullet for him. And they had his harp and, and uh, then when he gets it back, yeah. he's like, "Thank God you guys didn't have the the balls to play it." Um <laughs> So there's a lot of cool stuff in that. Like, that's proactive of them. You know what I mean? But uh, I don't know. I'm not saying that they're this, that it was a bad book. I obviously read it. It's a great book. I think it's uh, one of the cornerstones of modern high fantasy. Yeah, and if you haven't read it, you should. Yeah. But like we were saying, though, before feels like oh and see this is a perfect example so going back to how there was you know like the two fantasy series that you need to read oh yeah sort of truth wheel of time this is a perfect counterexample that uh richard feels extraordinarily proactive in his own fate throughout the whole book that's true you know what yeah. i mean like and i'm not saying it's a bad thing because that's just how the first book went i don't know if robert jordan sat down to write eye of the world and realized that it was going to be a 12 or 13 book epic series you know like i i maybe maybe he did maybe he didn't but I, it makes for a good arc for the heroes because later on they turn out to be mega ultra badasses you know um same with Richard, but he's a very, very proactive person. The book opens with him, uh, you know, going through the woods. He gets bit by this thing, and he's trying to, you know, just get through his day. And he's, you know, finds this girl. And instead of just like, oh, no, like, I'm going to be dragged along by these guys, or I'm going to be a victim of fate, he fucking jumps in and defends her. And... Yeah. Then he takes her, he's making the plan. He's like, oh yeah, we're going to go to my buddy, you know, um, we're going to go to my buddy Chase and my brother Michael. They'll help us. Yeah, that's all valid and true. Um, and I think part of that is, because obviously they're, you know, uh, Richard and Rand are both probably similar age. Now Rand is younger. Rand was definitely, what, 14? Uh, 15? Well, how old was Richard? Well, because Egwene was like 14. She was just like getting her hair tied or something or something like that, you know, to symbolize she was ready to start dating or something. I mean, yeah, they were definitely um, like teenagers. 16. So, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say compare the ages and say that's why. But Richard did live uh, at home. Rand was a farmer, and you know that that was his life pretty much, being a farmer and that kind of stuff. Whereas Richard was definitely like probably prepared a little bit more for the life ahead of him. You know, he had his wizard grandfather around uh, that was helping him. But he him didn't know he was subtly, a wizard. Subtly. Um, I mean, Richard was a woods guy. He was guy. out in the woods all the time, exactly. You know, I mean, that gives him a lot of, um, a lot of, I don't know, he's got to make tough decisions there. And his friend Chase obviously was, you know, was a badass, and he would probably go with him hiking out into some crazy areas with some, some stuff, and... And I don't know, he just he just was definitely mentally more prepared for change and and uh, more decisive about things. Yeah, he was a lot more decisive about things. I'm going to help Kaylin. I'm going to take her to these things, okay? The only way to do this is by taking her home. Okay, sure. I'll be the, you know, the seeker of truth. 
yeah, I'll take her through the boundary. Yeah, I'll defend her at the mud people place. Yeah, I'll, you know, insert anything and everything. And he is just a lot more proactive in things that were happening to him. Right. He Yeah, he was able to make a decision and stand by it. And even if, you know, that meant he was going to, you know, stand by himself. Like, yeah. he was definitely decisive and I mean you think about kind it kind of knew what the right thing to do was yeah and and he he did have an unwavering moral compass which did help a lot but you think about later on Rand definitely becomes that way you know and he does things kind of contrary to what a lot of people wanted him to do yeah um and so he becomes a lot more proactive later on i think definitely after he's trained to fight by lan and, yeah. and things like that but yeah pretty much from then on yeah i'd say there he was a lot he's a lot more similar to richard after that except for the well no not not except i was gonna say except for he kind of would just go off and do stuff on his own and be kind of random nobody understood but richard did that too so yeah yeah <laughs> um but another thing is richard is definitely you can say far and above is the main character of that entire series like there's a lot of other characters, but he's always the main focus. Whereas in is he though? Of Time, did you read Pillars of Creation? Shut up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, for for Wheel of Time, like like Rand's definitely the main character, but it's you know not by much. Like you know he's maybe a head taller than the other characters really. Like Matt and Perrin are both right there, and um, even. Even Egwene is like a pretty main character. Um, I mean, I guess you know. Yeah, uh, no, there's a lot of more characters. Kalen is a pretty main character in sort of the truth. Yeah, I would say, say even though like Kalen is a main character, and then as the series progresses, like you have Nikki become a main character, like especially in the last three books, because Kalen isn't as much in well, it. And, and Kara. Well, yeah, Kara for sure. I mean. Like, you look at it, Zed is a main character. Like, he has some point of view chapters. But if we're comparing... Like, no, okay, it's not like even on Zed's the same level. level of main character as it's far as how much... It's not the same as Matt or Perrin how or... How much uh, book time he gets. I would relate him to, like, Land, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not saying that he's, you know... I'm, know but I'm yeah. just saying, like, yeah, like, Richard Cipher is the focus of the first book. He is completely... Well, no. Then they split it pretty evenly between Richard and Kaylin in the second book because Kaylin is like... She... Leading, oh, yeah. God. That is like the most second. badass shit of all time. Like yeah, some, Those first three books are really Oh, good. my God. Yeah, and then you get a lot of more point of view of Zed in the third book as he's traveling the countryside with the prelate from the uh, Temple of Light. Uh, Anna? Is it Anna? Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Verna is named the prelate in her place. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really... When's Nathan get out? He's one of my favorite characters. Nathan, Nathan gets Rolf. out whenever Richard gets out. Oh, right. Yeah, Nathan's awesome. Um, I mean, all the characters are just so great in their own way. I feel like the characters are a lot more fleshed out in their own way. Like, in Wheel of Time, I've always sort of felt like the characters are sort of archetypal. Like, they feel kind of like molds. Hmm. Like, Rand, here's the main character. He's the pivot, you know, on which everything stands. He's like the messiah, you know. Here's Matt. 
You know, he's like the Han Solo. <laughs> here's Yeah, it's valid. Here's Perrin. You know, they just kind of feel like stamped out archetypes, and they definitely have their own... They definitely have their own, um, you know, character and personality and traits and things of that nature. Um, but you can kind of count on them to be predictable in the sense that they'll yeah. fit that mold. Kind of. yeah. yeah, I see what you're saying there. Yeah. And I mean, even like you look at Eguine uh, and uh, Nynaeve, Nynaeve, like, holy shit, like you want like cookie cutter, not cookie cutter. That's the wrong word. But like, look at Nynaeve. Like, she reacts the same way to every situation every time. And I think part of it, though, too, is that, like, you have less time to really hammer out each character. Um, yeah, because they're all focused on so much. Yeah. So there's they a little bit less character. Less there's politics. more, I think, a lot more plot development in those. You know, the plot's a lot faster. But where as the plot and the character development is more through a few core characters' eyes in Sort of Truth. Honestly, yeah. I think I I think I like Sword of Truth more. Um, but maybe that's just because I read it first and it's a lot closer to my heart. And you finished it. Yeah, I finished it. Of course. I mean, the last three books were a little rough, but I mean, but really, I they kind of took the series in a new direction, like a completely yeah, different sure. direction. It was like a 180. I mean, like he. Yeah, it was kind of weird. Yeah, with the way the chain fire spell, like that. Yeah. Like. Well, I mean, obviously Terry Goodkind was like, I he was, have to find an ending to these books. I mean, he was <laughs> bored too. Like, you look at like Faith of the Fallen was so Definitely good. The top. It just that was the climax of the series at that point. Yeah. And um. And it just started. And then down. you get to Pillars of Creation, and it's just. Uh, it, yeah, and if you if listeners you haven't haven't read this yet. Uh, you can skip. You'll hear a lot of negativity about Pillars of Creation. Look, reader, you you know what you can do? You can, you skip, can skip it. it. You, you don't have to read it. I'll, I'll save you the time. Skip it. Yeah, there's 11 books in the series. Mm, no, there's 10. There's 10. <laughs> yeah, yeah the, re- the reason we say that is because the, it the has nothing to do in that book. <laughs> yeah. It's about like his half-sister that is not in any other book from that point on. All the characters are not are all new. It's like you're reading a brand new book. Yeah. Like all the, it starts out page one. I can't imagine. <laughs> I can't like, imagine having like waited for that book to come out and then been that disappointed. Oh God. Like, Oh yeah, my so God. Bad. I mean, I like Richard was in like the last like 50 or 200 pages maybe or something. He was in the last like, like five pages <laughs> and you don't even, even hear his name. And like last. Hi, I'm Richard. Like, decimate an army. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, freeze Kaylin or something. Yeah. Naked Empire was okay. Not as good. You're right. Naked. I, I didn't mind Naked Empire at all. That was actually pretty decent. And, well, after uh, reading Pillars of Creation, like, I true. would have read a, like, freaking Dr. Seuss book and been okay with it. But then Chainfire, like, it's great because it's so refreshing. It's such a, a breath of fresh air. He, It's like, I, I feel like he got to it and he's like, all right, I got to do something to reinvigorate the series because I'm not done and I need to finish it. And so he literally just, it's like he puts all, you know, this story into a cup, shakes it up and then throws him out. It's like dice basically. And it just felt reinvigorated and new. And yeah, I mean, well, I, it felt like he had the ending trilogy kind of thought out maybe and was like writing books, writing books. And he was like, fine, I'm going to, I'm going to 
cap this off with my trilogy that I had kind of saved for the end. And uh, even if it doesn't, you know, maybe if it doesn't quite fit the way it should, like I need to end the series. It didn't feel as planned out as it could have been. I mean, it literally kind of feels to me like he scooped up the dice, put it in the cup and, and rolled it in a sense. Not, you know, I'm not saying that he was just leaving it to chance, but I'm saying that he literally was, he was turning everything on its side. I mean, it, it kind of just felt like he's like, all right, where is the story now? Okay, it's kind of like a love story between Richard and Kalen. And he's like, how do we drive a story? How do we change this up? And he's like, I just deprive both characters of what, like, everyone wants to happen. I'll just make Kalen, like, you know, virtually inaccessible as a love interest and have, like, the whole world kind of turn on him and make him think he's crazy. Oh, gosh, yeah, those. Oh, I mean, I believed, I was, like, right there twist. believing, like, that she wasn't real or whatever. Like, I was that convinced. <laughs> you know um yeah that's that i forgot about that that was crazy i mean twist. those books are great and then like between phantom and confessor like i don't know which book it was but like holy shit like one of those books like honestly i was reading it and i was like fuck terry goodkind could have written a book called like jala jala Dean, the game of life or whatever it was and oh, yeah, i would have fucking read it because <laughs> that like kind of soccer football game they play the blood bowl game yeah. because like literally Every fucking page of Richard playing that game in those books was just fucking amazing. It was like the Gladiator. Oh, God, it was. It was so good. He was, he was a slave, um, but they didn't know who he was. It was just like the Gladiator. He was a slave who didn't know what he was before <laughs> playing this blood sport. Yeah. Oh, my <laughs> and he God. the crowd. Oh, God. You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of tro- tropes and cliches in those books that I always think about when I'm writing stories myself or reading. You yeah. know, because he does, he did these things so well. Like, I like there is a scene. I think it's in Stone of Tears when Richard is being transported down to the Temple of the Light, and he he's at that like gatehouse or something, and uh, like before he crosses the desert to get into the New World, um, or the Old World. I mean, I don't know which one it is, but uh, when he's crossing the, the old world. into the new place, the other place, mm-hmm. um. And then there's, like, that woman being raped, and he, like, frees her. But then they get into the woods, and they're being pursued by, like, 15 men or whatever. And it's, like, the first time that he enters into the dance with death trance. And he uses all these, like, kind of tropish and cliched lines, like, you know... um, like, you know, he was remembering his time as a woods guide because it was dark, I think, in that time. And he's like, you know, the darkness was his. <laughs> and I'm like, every time I think about it, I'm like, fuck, that's so like, that's such a good way of putting it. And I never hear other people write like that. It's, you know, I don't know. It's very provocative and and entertaining. And But that, that first time he goes into the dance with death where he calls on like the spirits of the other um, wielders mm-hmm. of the sword of truth is just like so fucking badass. He kills like 15 men. Not yeah, fifteen like sword dancer like oh, highly skilled. Oh yeah! Players. Holy shit! I forgot about that. And yeah, then, they were yeah, sword and then that woman was, who was like the queen or whatever was like, uh, I'm married to you now, and these people are yours. Like that, you're from our prophecies. Like <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot all about that. And she ended up, didn't she end up keeping the child that she was pregnant with? Like uh, yeah, because probably, of that? Yeah. I don't know. I don't remember. But so badass. I just, I don't know, just the way he writes, like, you know, just talking about, it's just so, like, kind of visceral and animalistic, and it's really cool. It reminds me a lot of, like, 
um, a lot of like the Conan the Barbarian stories and stuff like that. It's just very, very visceral and and yeah. guttural. And you know, I, I think I do like the way Terry Goodkind uh, wrote those books. Like it, was, it definitely drew me in and kept me there. And um, you know, but I I like the Wheel of Time a lot more as a series. I think I I like the yep. story of Wheel of Time more. But I think I have to agree that Terry Goodkind's writing is really... Uh, Which is interesting when you think about good. it, because how many people even anymore mention Terry Goodkind and Robert Jordan in the same breath? Um, <laughs> you know, I listen to a lot of writing podcasts, and I follow a lot of writers. Like, you know, Pat Rothfuss is kind of my hero. He, you yeah. know, the writer of Name of the Wind. And, uh, and you know, like Harry... Uh, excuse me, not Harry Dresden. Um, Jim Butcher is up there yeah jim butcher's great um and like all these modern writers like including like brandon sanderson who finished the wheel of time and all these guys like i just i just love them so much and they whenever they talk about you know books and stuff like you hear about all these authors like oh you know there's joe abercrombie there's john scalzi brandon sanderson there's mary robinette kowal there's um you know, fucking Robert Jordan. Like, everybody mentions him all the time, you know? But no one fucking mentions Terry Goodkind. Yeah, I don't know. I've heard I've heard a lot of people criticize his work, and... Whatever. I, I don't know. I don't really get it or know why. I mean... You know, I mean, I guess I do, I do look at this book list here, and I see The Omen Machine and The Third Kingdom, Law of Nines and all that shit, like all these extra books he wrote. And a lot of people were really unhappy with the way Confessor ended in the sense that it's like indicates that Richard like created our world. Right. But like, whatever. Are you shitting me? Surprise ending there for anyone who hasn't finished. (laughs) Well, I mean, whatever. Look, at this point, it's like you... You know, it's like when people talk about the ending of Lost and people are shocked. Like, I was going to watch that someday and it's like... I don't know. For me, it's like as long as we're vague enough. It, uh, I mean, we know what we're talking about. Anybody that has read it knows what we're talking about. But if you haven't read it and even plan on, it's vague enough <laughs> that by the time you get there, you're not going to have any memory. Like that's how it was with you know Game of Thrones. Yeah. When people were like talking about Game of Thrones before I started watching it at all, none of it stuck. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, as soon as I started watching Game of Thrones, I was like, oh, I know who that character is. What? Ha- oh crap, that happened. Well, and then what's funny about it too is like, so we say like, yeah, Richard was responsible for creating our world or whatever. And if I was listening to a podcast and I hadn't read those books, I would have got there and I would have been like, what? Like, that's kind of, you know, that's something I should, and I would, I might even look up sort of truth if I hadn't known what it was. And then I would be like, huh, maybe I'll start reading it. And then the whole time I would be thinking like, Richard creates our world, huh? And I would literally <laughs> get through 11 books and it's only relevant in the last like 20 pages or less, yeah. you know, and I'd be like, why? Why did those guys even mention that? Like, it's not relevant, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, I don't know. It's funny, but I love those books so much. Matter of fact, I had read uh, Wizard's First Rule more than any other book until Name of the Wind came out. Um, uh, I've still read Wizards for Small, Wizards First Rule more. I think I've read that one four times, and I think I've read Name of the Wind three times. I'm on six for Name of the Wind. <laughs> I uh, what happens? It's it's, yeah, Name of the Wind is my favorite book. And if if you guys haven't, if any listener hasn't uh, hasn't read it, I I can't recommend it enough. And I 
a lot of people kind of criticize me that I, I kind of praise things too much, but I only have one favorite book, and it's Name of the Wind. Um, and it's amazing. The writer is amazing. Um, yeah, I, I've drawn a lot of uh, definitely inspiration to my own creative creativity from, from Name of the Wind. It's just such a good book, the way it's written and draws you in, and the story, the characters. I mean, the world building. Just the so world good. building. There's nothing yeah. like it. I mean, it is. it stands apart and above every other fantasy book you've ever read but is it is as accessible of as any book it is as accessible of any book that you've read like so many people that don't even like fantasy have read name of the wind and just been so engulfed by it yeah i mean because it's not a story in this in the strictest sense it is i mean it is but it's just the story of a man's life it's not it's not a character reacting and acting to get from plot point a to plot point b i mean you kind of know what plot point b is already <laughs> at the start of the book yeah because you just kind he, of like, enjoy narrates his life basically yeah. it's like giving him an autobiography it, yeah it is an autobiography and you just kind of go through and there's a lot of things that kind of seem like they would be irrelevant in a regularly told story but and the whole time you're just like how does he end up where he is now mm-hmm. like wh- how does he get from being this you know starts out as a kid goes through becomes this awesome guy and then how's he end up as the innkeeper you know yeah you know i uh, yeah name of the wind has definitely influenced me a lot and, and even you know i i really really it sounds really dumb but i do i respect pat rothfuss so much like i i feel like even he has been an influence on me in, in a sense because before him i didn't really know that writers could be such cool people um you know, they were just kind of these distant figures that I kind of depended on to provide me with books. Um, and he kind of has transcended that a little bit. Um, and uh, that could be the rise of technology, too. I mean, oh, yeah. Just social like, networking, so... for sure. And he's yeah. just an overall good guy. You know what I mean? Like he runs a charity and it seemed, you know, his heart is in the right place. And I just, you know, I read his blog all the time. And his stories about him and his son are just so heart melting, you know. Yeah, follow him on follow him on Twitter. Yep, he's great. But of course, we're waiting on book three when all things culminate and come to an end, just like this, uh, just like this podcast for this week should be wrapping up here. Yeah, we're right at yeah, about a, an up. hour or so. I don't know. Well, minus the pauses and stuff, but yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. But it's definitely been a great episode. I'm glad to be back, Jason. Yeah, me too. I'd like to keep it going, you know. Yeah, definitely. Get back on next week or get a bunch done so we could just kind of keep keep our listeners satisfied. I know it's uh, rough for them. So It is rough for them. Um, but I know that uh, you, guys will, you guys will come back and, and check that out, so... Uh, if you guys haven't already done it, make sure you check out the other shows on our awesome internet radio podcast network. Uh, we got um, several shows kind of right on the burner. They're getting ready to come to a boil. We're getting ready to uh, to publish those, I guess, is the, is the word we're looking for. We got uh, a couple of them. I know you guys have been hearing this for a while, but we got a couple of them almost ready to go. Um, and if you listen to 
to Duel of Taints. You've you've heard all about all about that. Kane's other projects and my other projects and um, me and Kane and Jason are actually going to um, introduce another podcast to the family uh, centered yeah, on giant growth. yeah giant growth centered on the the uh, trading card game Magic the Gathering. Um, so any of you guys who listen, who happen to be interested in that, make sure you check that out when it's released in a few weeks. Um, and, uh, if you haven't already done so, make sure you go ahead and, uh, like us on Facebook. Uh, you can, you can find us awesome internet radio. Um, you can follow myself or Jason on Twitter at red is awesome. R E T T is awesome. Uh, what's yours, Jason? Uh, mine is at the jet plane, except it's te, T-E-H, instead of T-H-E, you know, just kind of like a play on misspelling that everyone does, so te, jet plane. I think everyone who listens is familiar enough that you can just say <laughs> te, jet plane. <laughs> I don't know, if I just said te, people are like, what's te? Or you just say, or you just say te, jet plane, T-E-H, jet plane. Yeah, fair enough, fair You enough. know, everyone knows te. It's sort of like saying, like, Z-O-M-G, you know, like, oh, oh my god. What is that? Oh my god. Like, you go to hit the shift button, but you hit the Z instead? That's never happened to me. Okay, well, you're an idiot. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't know. You know, it's like you go to type OMG, but you go to hit the shift key, and you hit Z, and so it's Z-O-M-G. No, I did. I've never done oh. that. It's never well, Ta and Z-O-M-G go hand in hand with me, so... I, Sounds good. I guess That's our good. internet upbringings are a little different, but... Also, listener, you can email us awesome at airpodcast.com and tell us what you think. Give us your feedback, your pointers, ask questions, anything. We welcome it. I know if you guys listen to Duel of Taints, you heard us uh, opening up some fan mail uh, in the past few episodes. Um, and Shoot, that'd be fun, dude. Yeah, we, me and Jason would love to do that over here on Indie Brothers. Um, so, and also, if and there's any suggestions, kind of like... Uh... I don't know how interesting this is for other people to listen to, but, you know, we've kind of been talking well, to mostly a lot of reviewing. I mean, I feel like we review a lot of things. <laughs> we just talk. You know, that's what we do. A lot. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I mean, this yeah. podcast is it's kind of cathartic and therapeutic, and it's for us. It's not really for anyone else. Um, yeah, for sure. You know, and it's great that we do have some people who have checked it out and listened to it. Um, but we kind of knew what we were in for when we were coming into this uh, without a central focus and that sort of thing. So, um, yeah. but yeah, if you guys do have any sort of recommendation topics or, or yeah. anything that you, you know, if there's something you want to hear about, uh, me and Jason can talk about it. It doesn't matter if it's nerd or geek related. Nerd related. I mean, we, you know, we can certainly focus more on, you know, some final fantasy. We've <laughs> definitely got a lot of experience there. Oh yeah. I mean, I mean <laughs> anything nerd or geek, related anything that someone can obsess over in some sort of capacity or another we're we are qualified to talk about um maybe to some extent that's true you know anime comics we've we've dipped into everything pretty much oh yeah yeah we double dip the tri-tip what up (laughs) (laughs) i thought we weren't going to talk about that oh shoot well okay i'll let it i'll let it that was that was in the back shed (laughs) You know, I mean, that was a private moment. I know. Well, not. now it's, not now it's public to the world. Right. The whole world knows. But that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, guys, I think that about does it for this week's edition of Andy Brothers. Thanks for, for coming back and checking us out, especially after our short break. Things happen, but uh, hopefully 
as the, uh, you know all of our projects move forward and we get more people involved, uh, it'll you know those sort of breaks will happen a little less frequently uh, or not at all. Uh, that's the yeah. dream. But you know, unfortunately, until then, we all got families and and jobs and and stuff that we got to take care of. So, but we'll be back next week with another episode, right? Certainly. Definitely always enjoy my time here. Yeah, for sure. So, it's been a pleasure, Jason. I think that'll do it. That's been this week of uh, Vendy Brothers. Peace.